Hello and welcome to another podcast. It is Coach Mark Minilla here from ESL, BusinessEnglishExperts.com and Initial-Impact.com. A warm welcome to the program. As those of you who follow me regularly, you know that I podcast on a variety of subjects, whether you're trying to improve your English as a second language or maybe you're a native English speaker but feel that you just don't have the oomph required to really make your presentation zing. Uh, perhaps you're struggling in interviews, no matter whether it's a second or first language that you're speaking, and you want some guidance as to how to ace it. Whatever it is you're struggling with, I'm here today to assist you. Um, today, I'm carrying on in the sub-series of interview questions and support for you if you are having a bit of a career crisis. Um, many of you, sadly, these days are facing downturn of the economy, and this is having a huge impact on your jobs. And many of you are losing your jobs, perhaps worried that you're going to be reduced in your hours um, and maybe your country itself is struggling economically. So whilst your job might be OK, uh, the cost of living is rapidly increasing. So you're looking to get yourself a job overseas in order to do that. This is why I put this sub series together. I'm going to keep working hard on this for you because it's really making an impact. So thank you very much. Spread it far and wide. Please tweet me out. Put me on Zuckerberg anywhere that you have a professional profile. Please, please. Can I ask? you share this podcast it's totally free and i want to help as many people as i can in what i see as being probably one of the biggest economic downturns we're going to have since the 1920s sadly um, i don't like to be a pessimist but this is not looking clever and we need all the help we can get and this is free so let's talk today about intercultural fluency now you might think what on earth has that got to do with me and why should i care you should absolutely care here's why uh, behavioral interviews that are happening these days because of the uh, increasing international uh, component of workplaces we are having more of these types of questions turning up in behavioral interviews and if you fail to prepare for these you literally prepare to fail um, in my other podcast if you listen um, I talk about how to nail and ace the interviews if you're coming from, say, um, an Asian country, an Arabic-speaking country, Turkish, Russian, because the cultural differences, if you're going to, say, a UK company, Australian, New Zealand company, are huge. And this is also part of this intercultural situation, the fluency that you have. So listen up. This is really helpful for you. And even if you're not looking at uh, moving jobs at the moment, this will give you a great insight into why it matters in your current workplace. Or indeed, if you're going to launch a company, why you should make it part of the core of what your company is about when it comes to your HR policies. So, of course, today um, it's really important with the global economy and the way that we work that you have and value intercultural fluency so you're able to work well with diverse teams, okay? It's not just, um, shall we say, diversity of cultures, but that's what we'll talk about today. But I mean everything from gender, race, gender identity, sexual orientation, um, religions. The list goes on and on and on, okay? People with certain uh, disabilities or challenges, we have to be able to work with a diverse range of people, not just within our corporations, but also with suppliers and clients too. And those of you that struggle with that are going to struggle with the future if you want to be in a career workplace. So let's talk about what this is. As companies go increasingly remote and, of course, international they're all looking for people who can interact respectfully, as I've just said, with all diverse populations. OK, and that's called intercultural fluency. You might hear other words in your interviews or in a job description, such as global intercultural fluency, cultural diversity, 
intercultural awareness, cultural sensitivity, international experience. That's even one that comes up, meaning the same thing. And global and cultural awareness. All right. Now, this particular standard is useful for most jobs. All right. But in many cases, it's absolutely critical. So do not be surprised now if you find this question turns up in your next interview and get prepared for it. So firstly, what is it? Okay, what is that? It's basically cultural awareness, understanding of differences between yourselves, your country, you, and people from other countries or other backgrounds, especially differences in attitudes and values. Never more so has it been important when you're talking about that interview, because if you don't get what is going on, you doesn't matter how great your English is, okay? If you don't understand the cultural differences in how you're using the English, and what's expected as in your behavior in that interview to use your English, you're going to fail. So it's become even harder. But the good news is I'm here to help you. And if you are really confused or you're struggling and you're finding this might be happening to you, please grab yourself a money back session with myself. It's a great investment for you to find out what you're doing wrong in your interviews and how to get it right. Then you can get that fantastic job great investment. So pop along to eslbusinessenglishexperts.com for that. So let's look at what you need to be doing. Commonly, you're going to find that many questions come up about intercultural fluency. Um, this is happening more and more. So you're going to get questions like this. So remember, make this an active coaching session. Pen and paper at the ready, everybody. Make a note of these questions, practice your listening skills, and also consider how you would respond to these questions. Then practice them out loud after the session and use them in your written conversations today, going ahead in emails, any new vocabs that you're giving, try to use them. And of course, if you're practicing for a job interview, start practicing and rehearsing what your answers are, make them some good ones. So these ones, tell me about a time you worked on a team with people from different cultural backgrounds, okay? Um, describe a time when you found it hard or challenging to work with somebody with a different background and cultural point of view. Um, tell me about a situation that required you to consider a totally different perspective from your own when exploring an issue. Uh, provide an example of a situation where you had to consider the sensitivities of different parties. Okay. Tell me about a time that you witnessed some cultural insensitive behavior um, by a colleague. What experiences have you had with recruiting, hiring, training and supervising a diverse work, workforce from many different countries? Um, talk to me about a time recently when you had to take someone's different cultural perspective and um, points of view into account when working with them. So these are the types of things you're going to get asked. And there are many, many more. These are just the top kind of ones that I've pulled here. All right. But basically, why are they asking it? Well, of course, they want a worldwide perspective these days. Look, every company is interconnected in some way with some shape or form of an international partner. Even if you don't think it, look at your supply chain. Even if you only work in your own country, your, you know, your, country, uh, your company only operates within your country, maybe some of your suppliers supplying into your particular company are from overseas. Um, if not, maybe some of your customers who purchase are from overseas. So there is always an international connection somewhere. All right. OK, maybe some of your employees, even if you are from the country you're working in, are not. So it's worthwhile remembering this. 
And it's important for you to understand the diversity and the value this brings to a business, okay? Because as I found from coaching worldwide, it's amazing how much it broadens your point of view, makes you consider things that you hadn't, and also value what you have in your own country when you might be comparing it to other people's countries and vice versa. It's also made me realize what I don't have. And say, for example, at the moment, even though I'm British, but I'm living in the Philippines, and the difference here is massive. Um, what you take for granted, maybe if you're listening in Britain or more developed, what well, the developed world, or I mean, I could debate whether Britain is developed anymore, but that's another conversation, right? But the point I'm making here is that the differences are huge, okay? What you might take for granted with regards to internet speed or connectivity or infrastructure is not a given in other parts of the world, like here in the Philippines. So even though your nationality might be from a developed country, if you are now working in a developing country, this causes significant differences too. And the added um, layer of complexity here is that as a non-native, if you're working, say you've been, let's say you've been moved from the UK, you're now working in maybe somewhere in Africa or developing part of the world, um, you know, parts of Indonesia, here in the Philippines, the list goes on, right? Some countries in South America. And you have your attitude from how you've been born and raised um, in, say, the UK, but it won't translate to where you are now living. And you have to understand that and you have to be able to get used to that fact. And also, know you have to work with people in that country where you've been relocated to. You cannot just try and bring your own attitudes and just impose them into that country or with those people. But equally, you can bring a lot of benefit from the skills that you've learned from being in a developed country and try to have them implemented within the company in the developing country you're now working in. But it takes a challenge and it is a slow, long process, okay? So this is why many employers do look to hire people from countries that are perhaps more developed and bring them into developing countries and vice versa. There is a good cultural reason to do so, all right? But what I found in my years of coaching for this is that many candidates are not, you're not preparing for questions about cultural awareness because you're so focused on the technical skills and the competencies. Um, and frankly speaking, sometimes intercultural fluency is not literally written out as a requirement in a job description. However, it's often a key component of being a good fit for the team and company culture. And when you get asked those questions I've mentioned earlier, you can be like left with, yeah, silence, right? I haven't thought about it. I don't know. I haven't got a, an example. So start thinking of some good examples. Now, look. A careful review of the job description, along with a bit of research on the organization, will help you predict what aspects of global cultural awareness are most important for them, okay? So if you're interviewing for a position and based in a very different country, the focus might be adapting to the new environment, right? Might not be about your role. It's important that you understand that if you're interviewing with a large multinational, um, they may be more concerned, actually, with your ability to work with people with different backgrounds than your actual technical ability. If it's a leadership role, they're looking for your um, evidence that you can build and lead a team of diverse people, not just lead people. It's, it's more nuanced than that, and it's deeper than that. Okay, now let's talk about, okay, we've understood a little bit about that. So how on earth do you answer these behavioral questions about intercultural fluency? Well, I suppose it's important to get at least one example that highlights your ability to show that you can switch and deal with different cultural differences at work, OK? 
okay? Um, have a real good thing. Get your pen and papers out after this and think about all the examples where you've had to work with somebody from a different, um, different country, different attitude, um, respective different cultural backgrounds, religions, um, beliefs. And as I said to you, don't leave out even other things, diverse other uh, traits that we all have and we all share. So different points of view is one thing, but different religions, different preferences. It goes right down to even, okay, you might have to work with a colleague who is a, who's a vegan, okay? Now, I know they might say, what on earth has food preferences got to do with it? You'd be surprised if you're going to Europe, absolutely everything. There are, there are rights. <laughs> there are protections that I know do not make a lot of sense sometimes to my students from Arabic-speaking countries or um, let's even say the Philippines. Um, or anywhere, actually, I think in Asia, a lot of my Asian uh, students in the past have been shocked and kind of surprised. There are just some things that you have to be so careful of, sensitively aware of, that perhaps do not exist over here right now. Although it is going to happen here eventually, but it's taking its own sweet time. And that's a good expression. It means it is taking, you know, it, it takes the time it's going to take, really. So my point here is this. Yeah, if you're working with someone who's vegan, you've got to be really careful, right? You know, being insensitive to that need or, for example, or if you're going to be putting on some sort of uh, meeting and there's going to be some food there and you don't cater for the vegan person's preferences there. In some parts of the world, you could be classed as discriminating against them. You have to be careful. Seriously, this is not a joke. Okay? You may be laughing right now to this podcast, but trust me, it has and does happen in Europe. Okay, get used to it. All right. If you really don't know what I'm talking about, I suggest you do get at least one session with me so we can go through all of this. 60 minutes well spent, a good investment. So look, um, you want to have stories that show at least one how you can do that, how you can overcome differences with colleagues. Um, if you are a student or just graduated, then look to how you work with people, either different professors, academics class projects, um, outside experiences where you may have worked, you know, or been involved in a sporting activity or some sort of speaking um, speaking group, okay? Try to give some examples. Now, clearly, always remember that situation, action and result kind of situation, right? Situation, the task, the action and results so of the STAR method, it's used so much, right? Okay, um, and really what you want to do is describe the situation, what it was, what was the challenge ahead of you? So, for example, if it was um, having to work with somebody who had a very different um, political or religious point of view to yours, okay, talk about what the challenge was in that, the action you took to try and deal with it, okay, and then the results, usually a positive outcome, please, all right? We want a positive outcome for this one. And you want to then build your answers from there, okay, step by step. Um, when you think about it, it's really important for you to be able to come up with a credible and useful one that will also translate to the company you're looking to be hired within. Okay, so if we said uh, the the example, let's say that you've got a behavioral question. So tell me about a time um, that you were leading a team of individuals from different backgrounds. Okay. So you might come up with, okay, well, recently um, I was the, the, lead, um, the lead of a project for a rollout of our new pharmaceutical product, okay? It was a huge team because we needed various input from our business and, and um, customer services team from across the globe, including Singapore, um, the USA, and right down in Venezuela. 
So we had multiple number of senior managers on the team because it was a priority project for the entire company. Um, during the very early stages, I realized that some of the US-based um, project managers were really controlling the conversation, okay? And we weren't getting as much input or feedback from the teams over in Asia. Now, this is kind of a situation and task, right? What we're describing here, it's a background that's setting up the diversity of the team involved. So we're telling them it's all over the world, right? Okay. But we're saying that the problem early on, it seemed that the Asian counterparts or colleagues were being rather quiet and the, the kind of the Western-based ones were being rather noisy and overtaking the conversation, right? Okay. Which isn't going to then give a very balanced point of view for the company. So then the approach that you would then set out or the action that you took, okay, would be, how did you show what you did here? Well, we were, we were meeting a very tight schedule here, okay? Many people wanted to just push things forward quickly, but I was concerned that we're overlooking some of those Asian considerations, those Asia region, the APAC region considerations. So I felt it best to contact the team members in the regional offices and have one-on-one -on -one discussions. And as it transpired, many had concerns about some of the issues with the international users, um, but they had hesitated to mention it on the team calls because they didn't want to be seen as contradicting the senior management who were very vocal about their points of view. Um, they didn't feel comfortable either speaking over them um, or just challenging them. Okay? And really, he was also assuming on the other side that anybody who disagreed would speak up. So there was a miscommunication. We often find this, um, if you're from Japan, Korea, China, Vietnam, in fact, many of the Asian-speaking countries and also um, other regions too, it would be seen to be disrespectful to challenge a senior a senior manager, right? Okay. Um, it's a case of the hierarchy is different. So from that point of view, you may sit there and think it's important you just agree and nod your head that the senior manager knows best. Now that might be true in those countries if it was just within those countries, but not in a multinational because in say the West, in the UK, in the USA, as we've said before, Canada, New Zealand, Australia, there's a different attitude towards this and it's seen as though you work collaboratively with senior management and senior management are paying you a salary to give them your expertise to say, actually, you know what, sir, respectfully, that won't work and here's the reason why. Okay, They're not paying you to just nod your head and be what we call yes men or yes people. Okay, Yes women, yes men, it's called being a yes man, but if we're going to be politically correct on this one, just they're not paying you to be a yes person. Nod your head and say, yes, yes, that'll work, absolutely, when in fact you think this won't work, this is terrible, right? Okay, they want you to speak up. Vice versa, though, if you are going from the West, if you're going from Canada, New Zealand, Australia, wherever, and you're going to go work in Asia, taking that attitude into the meetings will be seen as not respectful all and there is a different way to do this okay so it works both ways it cuts both ways and both parties need to be aware of it hence yeah, intercultural sensitivity um so this obviously example showing what was going on the action and approach here okay shows that okay you were observant enough to realize there's a problem here 
potentially, right? Okay. And you also took the steps to reach out and ask about that and show that, yeah, it was proven that your kind of hunch, your suspicion was, yeah, absolutely true. The results now, you want to show that you've got a happy ending, right? Do not give it a disastrous ending. My goodness me, right? Okay. So highlight the positive outcome of this. So you could also increase, uh, put in here about facts and figures as they always say, don't just say it worked out well, tell them what percentage improve things by did you reduce the budget of something did somebody become promoted where you recognize them won an award in your country okay um it's important to give percentages wherever you can also things such as my manager praised me or gave me you know great recognition my colleagues were really happy um so think about it like that but ideally we want okay what actually did it benefit the company so how did it benefit the company what did it do for the company so okay increased the revenue by 50 percent we came in under budget and we then got an increased budget for the following year because of that right okay so <clears throat> you want to use it in a different way so you want to say things such as well people felt happier speaking up in a smaller team okay um, and therefore, this is what we decided to implement going forward. It made a huge difference to all of our projects, which completed 50% faster. Um, our senior managers were very um, receptive or welcoming of the changes. And I received um, a lot of praise and, in fact, got promoted to being the team leader Okay, for a separate working group. Um, or you could say this approach was highly effective because it allowed us to raise possible issues in a very non-confrontational way and fix them before we rolled the project out. And again, it shows that we had a happy ending, right? The project was a big success, um, may, mostly showing because of what you did, your people skills, all right? And we want you to be able to evidence those. Also show it was a valuable learning experience, okay? And that you would be very comfortable working with more team members in a different um, situation again in future, which is what you're hoping you're going to do in this job you're interviewing for. Now, um, the challenges of answering some of these questions are extreme, naturally. Okay, so you may have a bit of trouble understanding what is a cultural difference. So there are obviously different communication styles, approaches to conflict, body language, decision making styles, and it's so, so hard if you don't have a lot of experience. So recognizing these challenges is the first step. All right. And then to deal with them and manage them is the second step. And then talking about them is a whole other matter, right? So what I suggest you do, if you're not sure, if you're unsure, do get a session with either myself or somebody else who can speak to you, a cross-cultural mentor who has been there and worked both sides of those different equations, different parts of the world, like I have and many others have now, and get that feedback, all right? So then you understand, okay, what are the different thinking and styles and ways of doing things and vice versa. If you're somebody like myself, also speak to somebody from the countries that you're in. Um, if you're in the Asian region, whatever, find out how is business done there? What, what is expected? And how do you need to adapt your way of thinking? Okay. Um, then when we think about it, cultural diversity, they want you to give specific examples. So if you haven't thought about it in advance, you're going to really struggle, aren't you? Okay. Especially if your experience is limited. So really brainstorm these people. I cannot stress that enough because these are going to happen and come up more and more and more. Um, also, the questions themselves do bring sensitive facts, right? Sensitive matters. Be very careful about how you describe those differences and challenges in a respectful way. What you say 
okay, is actually probably, <laughs> I don't know, it's possibly not as important as how you say it. Remember this, okay, the interviewer or the recruiter will be listening very carefully if they've asked you this question about what your response says about your own personal uh, global and cultural awareness and your attitude towards working with people from all different walks of life. So it's important that even if, you know, look, even with English as a native language, we can get it wrong. I get it wrong at times. It's so hard these days to be very careful about what you're saying. Also, um, if you've been working in a country where perhaps there isn't as much political correctness for a period of time, and then you go back across to maybe, if say you're originally from USA or whatever, you may inadvertently bring some of the attitudes that you've been surrounded with back to your own country. Be careful for that as well. It can happen. It's like myself. Um, when I was working and doing so, so much, um, you know, sort of uh, coaching with uh, speakers of English as a second language, um, if you think if you're doing 13 hours a day, seven days a week surrounded, and that is your main kind of your listening, some of my lovely clients and students, some of the grammar was off, right? So then I would end up picking up some of that poor grammar. You've got to really, <laughs> you've got to really check yourself, okay? It's the dangers of the job, I say. So you've got to be careful with that and ensure that you balance it out by still keeping up to date with what is going on back in um, the, you know, the, the place where you were originally from um, and how things might have progressed on the equality and diversity uh, spectrum there. Also, um, be very, very careful, as I say, listen to the words being used in certain uh, cultures and situations. Best one for that is TED Talks on this. Um, also look at different uh, foreign and um, foreign relations. Uh, documentaries and seminars on YouTube are a fantastic place to hear some of those more politically correct statements. Okay, although be warned, sometimes some people on there don't make the best of them either. So you know, it shows that we're all human. I'm sure none of us intend to offend. I certainly don't. It can happen inadvertently, and if you've realised that you've offended by someone's reaction or perhaps they say something, clearly apologise profusely and say that you know you meant no harm and that you are terribly sorry if you have inadvertently offended them um, and that you would like to understand better how you could have worded it um, in a different way in future to ensure that you get that right next time um, there's nothing wrong with that okay try to stay as informed as i say as i said to you you know listen to things read about it study the global world around you and recognize these patterns in other humans uh, notice other people's bias as well um, you might be surrounded by it and hear people making comments that are really not acceptable right okay and that shows you exactly some of those things and pitfalls you want to stay away from um, i hope this has been helpful to you it is a big meaty topic that means it's very deep and there's a lot more to get our teeth stuck into as we would say than i've been able to hear if you love this do sign up for my masterclass podcast these are 60 minutes long and they are like mini mini lessons in their own right okay the link is down below also please subscribe to my newsletter again links are down below do feel free to spread me far and wide if you like the podcast please consider sponsoring for just 99 cents a month on spotify you can do that sponsor the program it helps me keep this going for you totally free of charge i have been delighted to help and share this with you you've been great for listening stay safe have a good day and i'll see you soon take care 
Thank you for listening to my podcast. And if you have enjoyed it, please feel free to sponsor a segment. If you're listening on Spotify, you can simply go to sponsor this podcast and you will be able to sponsor me for as little as just 99 cents a month, which is highly affordable and also gratefully appreciated. If you prefer to do something one-off, then you can just simply buy me a cup of coffee. Again, details are in the show notes below each program and you can click there and pay securely via Stripe. And again, this enables me to continue providing these podcasts totally free of charge for you all here so even if you can't afford high level coaching i'm sure that every now and again you might want to sponsor me to enable this podcast to keep running for as long as possible for you thank you in advance for everything you can do to help keep me keeping these going for you and of course you can just simply help me by spreading the word about the podcast Put me on your social media, everywhere that you go, tweet about me, blog about me, whatever you'd like to do about me, as long as it's beneficial and it's polite, okay? I welcome all of that, but please just circulate the information far and wide. Our job here in the Coach Mark Manila family is to get this information into the hands of the people like you who really need this and deserve to get this at a really free price. Take care. I'll see you soon.